Why are you doing this? Why? Isn't the universe big enough for both of us? What is wrong with you people? We could work together. Why be enemies? Because we're different. Is that why? Think of the things that we could do. Think how strong we would be. Together. There's nothing that we could not accomplish. Think about it. You can create. Or we can smash it all. Little people. Why can't we all just get along? Can't we get along? What's keeping us apart? There is a tangible divide present. You have to admit that you can feel it, can't you? I mean, there's us and them. But why is that? Could the real root of the problem be the fact that Sasquatch really has no standing among the world's inhabitants. Think about that. The creature is a free agent. Nobody has rights to Sasquatch. If they did, then there would be an owner's manual. Books by nutrient experts on Sasquatch diet. Documentaries on habitation. Delving with great detail into the social life of the creature with actual clear video. <laughs> no one has the rights to Sasquatch. No conservation group, no government agency, no private sector group. Why? Because these organizations operate in reality. Reality gets government grants. But what do we have instead? Unsubstantiated speculation. I mean, nobody's seen a Sasquatch would knock a tree, build a nest, vocalize, collect a gifting. If they have, well, where's their proof? And I do mean proof because there would be some pretty large claims you'd have to admit. And yet, all these things are pretty well accepted by many of those who opine about the creature. It is a fact that this creature, not being documented as documented species, must have special parameters put in place when it comes to even speculation about it. 
Otherwise, it is the tale of two blind men trying to describe an elephant and its purpose by examining it only from opposite ends. At least I think so anyway. A skeptical approach, let's talk about skepticism for a moment. A skeptical approach goes hand in hand with a scientific approach. One tries to keep the guardrails in place and the other plods along slowly, not making the call on the beast one way or the other. Smart science. So how do these big meanie skeptics interpret evidence? They look at it this way. If you have to sway another to accept your evidence as a fact, then your evidence does not and cannot stand on its own. I think that's reasonable. Therefore, if it can't stand on its own, in my opinion, it's really not evidence, is it? Just speculation again. Your red circles and arrows notwithstanding. We've learned that speculation must be backed by evidence in order to be of any true value. If it taught us anything in this field, it's taught us that. It's such as when you take a photograph, okay, you have a still life. But Sasquatch is a living creature of action. You must be able to bring life into your subject to intrigue others. You can do that by taking a follow-up picture of the same area at a later time. If the object is still there, then it is unlikely to be a living creature. This method is your evidence that you at least took a pick of a living creature. Now, I'm not picking on anybody's veracity here. I know long-time investigators who have failed to do a simple backup. So until this day, they don't know if they saw something relevant on that occasion or not. Now, this also is not meant to be any kind of a lecture. It's just a small list of symptoms of the aforementioned riff. You know, to present evidence on the Internet is a guaranteed way to become a victim of the rift. I'll tell you why. There's a good reason people shouldn't present what they think of as evidence on social media. Again, why? Because the fact of the matter is there's nobody there who's enough of an authority to tell you if you have anything worthwhile or not. And that's, that's the simple truth. So you're leaving yourself open for disappointment, I think. Social media can often be blind leading the blind. Now, having said that, many people have deductive reasoning and a keen eye. And in looking at your evidence, they'll try to see if there's any backup evidence to bolster the possibility of you having something of interest. A sad truth is that people who submit weak evidence online do not have a real interest in solving the mystery. They're merely interested in drawing attention to themselves. Now, sadly, this too is followed from the rift. You know, 
pleasing the internet by skeptics, of which I am one, I'm proud to say, has been going on since Sasquatch was first mentioned on social media. Devil's advocate here. Who am I to be telling people what to post or not post on the internet? YouTube channels, Facebook pages, or forums. Is that my job? Who named myself and others sheriffs of Sasquatch world? There's a coalition of YouTube channels and Facebook pages who try to give Sasquatch enthusiasts the haven where they can enjoy a bit of skepticism with their coffee. There are no red circles and arrows on pictures in those places. The Buckwas Crew channel and its podcast are part of that coalition. Together, we have havens for the flesh and blood group. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, in theory, skepticism is a safety rail for investigators. It guides their way through a swamp of hoaxers, con artists, self-interest, moneymakers, jokers, egotists, and you name it. And it enables them and other serious investigators to find one another, someone who has the same uh, values. So the question then becomes, after we've accomplished such, does that now make us righteous? Is it then our mandate to ride roughshod over those who have a keen interest, yet a slanted view of what is evidence when it comes to Sasquatch? And is it realistic to think that we are going to change anyone's mind about whatever stance they've taken on the subject? Not likely. No one likes to be considered or likes to consider that they may have been in error, let alone steadfast, flat out wrong, but just in error. So where does that leave us? Standing on the edge of the rift. Can I definitively say that there's no connection between Sasquatch and aliens and portals? Short answer, no. But that's because I've not seen one shred of evidence to support those claims. The recognition of a pareidolia is a very useful tool for an investigator, but the inception of the woo has muddied the waters considerably, at least for the flesh and blood camp, of which I am one. But why do I not accept their stand? What, what, what keeps me from uh, giving them due consideration? It's not because I think they're wrong and should be banned from Sasquatch social media, but rather because of a lack of evidence on their part. It is an endless vicious cycle which goes around and around because very little of its parameters is staked to any reality and it will never stop or be completed until the body of a creature is presented. You know, another thought, and uh, these are just a loose affiliation of thoughts that I'm doing here. Uh, you can agree or disagree with me at your leisure. 
but it's been my experience on social media that every six months or so, personalities come under scrutiny by their peers for real or imaginary transgressions. Criticism flows easily, judgments are made, and the subject content of the podcast is sometimes reduced until it has nothing to do with Sasquatch at all anymore. And pretty soon, all are participating in pure gossip. Now, I understand this, okay? Sasquatch is a subject with limited talking points. So boredom sets in sooner than later. And then we have the bucket of crabs groupthink finding a home on our community platforms. It only lasts for a week or so, then it swings back to the subject at hand. But I guess it's all a form of social media, isn't it? The key word being social. But it's not for me anyway. I'd rather talk about the creature or don't talk about the subject whatsoever anyway. So anyway, let's wrap up what I'm talking about here now. The subject of Sasquatch is not tethered to reality as we understand reality. So what we see is a wild, wild west of investigative research containing no enforceable rules, no discipline. There's no guidelines for studying Sasquatch. And indeed, how can there be? But what about the people who've seen one, you say? Okay, seeing one, while hopefully being a fulfilling experience for the seer, does not bring evidence to the masses. Seeing one without supportive evidence does not further a scientific approach to the subject. The phenomena of Sasquatch is totally based on a house of cards, which is called anecdotal evidence. Hence the rift. One side of the rift is based on anecdotal evidence, which produces in a lot of people a thrill factor, which in turn causes them to yearn for more. A constant craving to be titillated, so to speak. And the other side of the rift is the scientific approach for the gathering and documenting of evidence of which there's precious little. So, with no rules or guidelines at play, there is a wide strip of chaos which neither side can cross. So they must remain separate, staring across the rift at one another, each cheering for their own camp of thought. That is the only reality of Sasquatch world. So enjoy whatever version of Sasquatch research you lean towards. But if you're going to share evidence or defend it to others, then I think you'd better have subsequent evidence to back it up. And that does not mean by hoaxing evidence to support it. <laughs> also remember, pareidolia, just because you wish it does not make it so. Present good evidence. Who will criticize you? Not me. Maybe one day we'll get lucky about it all.
Okay, we'll continue. Just to change the just to change the subject, people wonder why I don't do live shows. Well, there are a number of channels who go live, but going live with a limited subject soon has podcasters bumping up against each other in sparse time slots. So who do you choose from? You only have so many nights a week. So my way of thinking, people who attend live podcasts are just as well served by a pre-recorded podcast that they can watch or listen to at their own leisure. But hey, prove me wrong if you wish. Send me an email. Let me know your thoughts about live or recorded shows. You know, it costs me about 400 bucks a year to carry this off. And that's uh, American. Canadian, it's easily over $600 a year out of my own pocket. So I have an incentive to get this right. And that incentive is you. It's all pointless without you. So do me a favor. You folks who are watching this on YouTube and you folks who are listening to me on the podcast version, please send me an email. YouTube people, tell me what you would rather, live or recorded, and anything else. Podcast listeners, tell me what you would like to hear. What features of the Book Buzz crew do you like, and what parts do you not like? After all, I'm doing it all for you. Same is true of Leon Bill and Thomas. Now, I'm not asking for anything, just your opinion and input. It's your show. Let me know how to make it better for you. Take five minutes right now to let me know how you feel about the Bookwaz Crew. You can contact me at bookwazcrew at gmail.com. That's all one word, bookwazcrew at gmail.com. I know there's hundreds of you out there So let's hear from you, okay? And uh, hey, thanks for listening. And until the next time, keep searching.